Welcome in, everybody, to the SE Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast for Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. I am SE Scoops Managing Editor Zach Cador. With me, podcast extraordinaire Tyler Sage. Uh, it's good to be back. Tyler, what's going on, man? Yeah. Welcome back to the world of uh, wrestling discourse, analysis, <laughs> and... Uh, Lukewarm takes, I think, is what some of us all, all the two, at least the two of us have. More so the lukewarm thing on my end. But um, yeah, good to have you back. Welcome back. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. It was a nice, nice break, nice week off in the uh, you know, the uh the uh glorious northern part of Minnesota. And I'm back, and it's uh boy, like I, I kind of joked on Twitter, like coming back, because I stayed away from most social media after SummerSlam. And I was like, what did I miss? And then people were just, it's just like, oh, dude, you, you don't even want to, you don't even want to know. You don't even want to know. You don't even want to go there. Um, so we got a lot to get to. We got a lot to catch up on. Yeah. Go. I mean, it's one, it's one of those things you probably could have guessed at least like two out of the three storylines that you missed while you were gone, right? Especially right. one that will, is very, is the very first line of our, of our title here. You probably could have, you know, if you could bet the future odds on punk having issues. Uh, every couple of weeks, I think you'd be a rich man if you could bet that. So, I'd bet that. I'd bet that all day. Uh, and <laughs> I think more often than not, I'd be right. Um, that's quite the story. And so, all right, we're going to get into that. We'll get into it. We're going to, that'll be our first topic of the show here. But um, to kick things off, we are live on YouTube, on the SC Scoops YouTube page every single Tuesday night, uh, 9 Eastern, 8 Central. I'm talking the news of week in, in pro wrestling. Hence, the SC Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can catch us live here on YouTube every Tuesday night. And then the following morning, we are on all podcast platforms um, if you just want uh, if you just want the audio. So uh, feel free to hit those up and download those, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, iHeart, wherever. Um, we, we are there waiting for you um, on, uh, on Wednesday morning. Uh, we've got our Super Chat always open here live during the show. If you want to get your questions in, your comments in, um, we certainly appreciate it. We'll read all Super Chat questions and comments on the show live. Um, and we'll certainly uh, appreciate the support and always love uh, uh, the engagement in the uh, in the old chat uh, here as well, which is open. So um, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk CM Punk. Like, man, I don't even know what to really say at this point about punk. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, on, on one hand, I find myself like nodding along to a lot of what he, a lot of what he kind of is dictating on the show or a lot of what he's griping about. I'm kind of, you know, I, I agree with him nine times out of 10, like in terms of like how to run a wrestling show, um, you know, you heard the uh, we reported on scscoops.com today. You know, he had an in, uh, a thing with Jungle a blow up with Jungle Boy uh, because Jungle Boy wanted to do some glass spot that that nobody in the company wanted him to do, and it's just and so you know I'm nodding along to something like that. I'm going, well, yeah, that makes sense. It's probably silly to do a glass spot, at, you know, for really no reason. You're heel, and it's not that kind of feud yet, and there's just there's just no reason for it. So it's like I agree. But man, the pettiness of CM Punk is where I draw the line in terms of like supporting this guy. Like sometimes it's 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 not about like what 
you know, your the idea in your head, but it's how you communicate. It. It's how you deal with other people. It's how you, you know, act as a human on a day-to-day basis. And for some reason, CM Punk cannot figure this out and, and gets in his own way constantly and repeatedly. And what it does is it just undoes and unravels, you know, anything of note that is impactful coming out of his mouth because it's dragged down by all of this nonsense, like kicking Adam page out of the show. That's kind of like been disbunked at this point now, but not wanting Christopher Daniels in the building and not wanting Matt Hardy in the building because of some tweet that he sent however many years ago. It's like, what are we like? It's like, he like (laughs) never left like the high school drama part of his life. And now he's 42 or 43 or wherever he is. And it's just completely, it's just, it's just, it's just non, it's just, it's nonsensical at this point. And I think it's really detrimental to the punk brand and to the AW brand. And so I, I hear all this stuff come in and I mean, nobody should be surprised at this point, but it's like, man, at some point you either have to cut bait with the guy or be the adult in the room, sit him down and go, look, this is how it's going to be. Like you're working Kenny Omega and then you're going to work the young bucks and then you're gone. <laughs> like, like at some <laughs> point it, it's gotta be about that. And Instead, it's like, it's just, it's, it's constant and it's relentless. And it's a stream of just eye roll inducing drama in AEW that is completely unnecessary. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of end my rant there, but what, I mean, what do you make of the drama of the last two days concerning CM Punk? Yeah. I mean, you didn't even add the uh, Nick Nemeth part of it but and i didn't even yeah right that's yeah. another another this all in a of matter a guy of 48 who, hours yeah like a, a guy who literally hadn't wrestled for weeks since there's no more aw dark and he was excited to like come to a show and work a match and he got sent home because he had you know so i think you brought up all the cm punk stuff and you, you hit it as well as i could have said it so no need to reiterate on that um for people that maybe didn't haven't consumed us a lot at our previous home we talked a lot about the underlying issue that I think we both would agree with here. And you hit it on the very end there is that that's just the leadership of the company and allowing this to happen. And, um, you know, the Monday after all out me and you both as a hot take said that punk was done and he'd be done if it was our company, you know, three months later and six months later, we both had the same idea when it was rumored about that he was going to come back. So I think we've both been pretty strong in this point from start to finish that if it is our company, you kind of eat the loss because it's not worth it in the end. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of reporting. Wade had a lot of good reporting. Wade Keller at the at PW Torch um, had someone on the inside and, you know, we're not on the torch today talking about it, but, um, you know, I think you can infer through who that is. And that's not any insight by Zach and I just inferring who sources are, um the the rosy picture of who that was and, you know it's not chris jericho i would say it's definitely not not the source on a lot of that reporting but um anyway the 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 reporting that was not on the torch but was up elsewhere that cm punks you know when he first redebuted at the first collision and in the gorilla position tony khan's you know doing the cm punk chant from gorilla with his headphones on like cheering for him as he's coming back like that is in 
a nutshell what we're dealing with here from a leadership perspective. And if you are CM Punk yep. and you're going to take every opportunity you can get to have to, you know, commit this behavior, you're going to do it. And that's, he's always shown to be that guy. And it's funny to like, take it from, you know, macro, the leader of AEW and how this is happening to the micro of one fan. So I have one, I have a friend who I'd say is, is pretty hardcore into wrestling his whole life. Never really had a, a lull period. And he's a guy right now, currently, I would describe as a AEW and then tracks WWE only through me or maybe some through Squared Circle on Reddit, something like that, right? This is just an example, okay. right? This is not every fan. Yeah. But he's texting me about all this CM Punk stuff yesterday. And he's like, this is why, he's like, I hate to say it, but this is why WWE works is because there's a guy like Vince who just <laughs> yes. is a total a-hole and, and makes everything about him and then crushes every ego below him. And that's why it works. And then he's talking about how it's on the WCW trajectory. All, you know, all those sort of points we've all heard a million times. And he was like, is this going to be like, you know, if this gets to a point, is this going to be like Nash and Hogan? I was like, that was a work, man. This is going to be Jeff Jarrett and Hogan. If MJF is right. the champion, he's told he's got to lose to him. Like, I know I'm jumping way, way ahead here. But that's like nuclear situation here. DEFCON 1 of like MJF already pulled that with Wardlow. Like you don't think he's just gonna lay down and let Punk beat him if that's like the the call at, at all out in Chicago and like the reaction of that crowd and all that stuff. So it's just not good in general. You know, one story here, one story there. The, again, the Jack Perry stuff, totally agree with Punk. Like the right. few doesn't need it, like he's a heel, like all that point, but it's like it's like, yeah, you're right, but you're also a total a-hole, and I would hate working with you. And I've always right. thought that, and you're doing stuff every week, the stuff with Hangman. Totally uncalled for. Like, if you're going to work to a match with Hangman, I love it. I think it's him working good, heel, meta, CM Punk, that we all kind of love. But we know it's not going there. If I'm wrong, then I will eat crow on that and say Punk is a genius and he worked us all. He can have the banner just like Christian, you know, out, you know, worked everybody uh, on, on this subject and go from there. But, you know, if, if that's but, not the stuff you do on Collision, you also do 450,000 people watching Collision. So maybe you should be doing you know, glass stuff would be my rebuttal because at least you can get 300,000 more people to watch your show. But anyway, go ahead. that's just, well, and, and the thing, like, I agree. Like the hangman page stuff was, was, I mean, I'm listening to this and I'm going, what, why, like, why, what even sparked him to go that, that way? Like it, 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 it really made no sense. And, and, and mm -hmm. so look, if they're going to do a match, awesome. You know, that, that is a big match and they can draw a lot of money with it. I'd argue, that the meta stuff like that has diminishing returns. Um, but, you know, you can play that card at, cer at certain times, and it's certainly got people talking. So, you know, and, then, and and as I said before about CM Punk, that's kind of like Punk's thing, you know, like that type of like underground conversation, I guess, that that happens. So, like, that, that plays. But there's no indication and no reporting at this time that indicates that there's going to be a match between CM Punk and Hangman Adam Page. So, if, if, if that's not going to happen, then you're literally throwing that out there simply to either A, poke the bear, B, flex, you know, and worst of all, undermine your boss, Tony Khan, who just signed page to a multi-year contract extension. So, you know, it's, it's really like, I think it's exhausting. I think it's exhausting for the company. I think it's coming at the wrong time. I mean, you have the biggest show 
in the history of AEW. And, you know, as, as they'll tell you tomorrow night, the biggest wrestling show in the history of everything. And, and, you know, nobody's talking about that. They're talking about petty high school nonsense with CM Punk and the elite and, you know, and everything else. And it's, it's, you know, if it's, you know, I, I don't own AEW, obviously, but if it's my company, mm-hmm. I'm going, you know, enough of this, like, like, and and then put consequences out there. Like we got the biggest show of the year coming up. <laughs> do you want to be on it? If you, you do. Okay, great. Then cut the BS, you know, cut the mm-hmm. BS. You're going to work Joe. And then after that, this is what's going to happen. And this is what I want to happen. And I'm signing the checks and that's the way this is going. And, you know, <laughs> no one's going to sit here and make the argument that like, Hey, Vince McMahon, AW needs Vince McMahon. Because mm-hmm. there's certainly a middle ground there, but yeah, you know, I, can you imagine Vince McMahon like putting up with that? Like, there's, 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 there's no way, you know, there's no way. No. Like, you know, GMs in sports don't put up with that. Like, it's it's not just wrestling, you know. GMs in sports have power over their highly paid athletes because of good leadership, and um, I think if that was structured here better. You know, Punk wouldn't feel like he can say and step out of bounds and do the things that he does that 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 don't help the product and that hurt, um, you know, that hurt him and his and his kind of notoriety. It, it's uh, I I don't think there's any good that comes of this. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, you know, if Vince was in charge of AW as as a fun exercise, uh, I think he would probably have a. Uh, CM Punk get tossed out of the Royal Rumble by someone like Kane, you know, just to, just to challenge his boss and then yeah, see right. how Punk reacts to that um, or not ever have a main event in anything because he hates the way he acts, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, here's so, the title about Punk, but, but you're not, yeah. you know, but you're not going to be in the main event of WrestleMania and you're not, yeah. I mean, that's all petty too, but. Yeah, for uh, sure. It, but sometimes and you, you got to speak some, someone's language too, you know, Punk is a petty person right. and, and yeah. he speaks that language. So he understands like, you know, you, that's being a boss is having um, emotional intelligence of all your, of all your staff, especially your key staff, right? Like, is is Tony kind of interacting with every wrestler? No, I mean that's been widely reported. Is you have to kind of make sure you have an appointment to talk to Tony. Tony, I'm like the beginning where anyone could just walk back there and and get time, right? But you would assume a CM Punk, an MJF, a Kenny Omega, a you know. Uh, Britt Baker, obviously, those those level people can go back there whenever they want. Jericho, so you got to understand those. Like, hey, let these fifteen people that I work with and are important to my company's succeeding. You got to know the what makes each of them tick. And um, as you're saying, cool. with like a sports GM too. Okay, yeah. No, I was going to say. I, and on I, that note, like speaking of, I don't mean to, I don't mean to cut you off, but the, but the no, you're good. Like Adam Page just got resigned to a new contract like a week ago. And they made a huge deal about it on, on TV. Like, like read the room, man. He's not going anywhere mm-hmm. anytime soon. You know, mm-hmm. like that's not happening. So, you know, just deal with it and like, like do a match or just don't say anything because it really doesn't yeah. matter. Go ahead. I, I, well, that's, the, well, that's fine. That's probably why he said something though, right? Because he did get resigned. And maybe he was hoping that mm-hmm. he wouldn't have to deal with these guys anymore. And he's like, "Oh well, good point. Out, good point. Outlive me. So now I gotta stake my, hike my leg and mark my territory." 
which is what right, he's doing, right. you know, from that animal. But, you know, you said like a GM wouldn't put up with that. I would I assume you have not seen the Johnny Manziel documentary on on Netflix. I have um, not yet. It's on my yeah. list, my to-do list. But that would be uh, not a one-for-one one correlation, but as a Browns fan, um, I lived that whole era of drafting that guy and him being a disaster. And I would say the Browns GM at the time exhibited a lot of leadership qualities that Tony Khan is exhibiting in this exact scenario. And Johnny Manziel would be exhibiting some of the characteristics of a CM Punk. Not exactly, obviously not the partying, but the hard to work with, not really following basic direction of someone at the top of a wrestling company or someone that's a main quarterback. Um, so yes. that, that's a good watch for everybody, but like that leadership and, you know, we see it too. Not that Tony Khan's the owner of the Jaguars, but you know, the whole urban Meyer situation was, you know, one of the worst leadership jobs by the Khan family and whoever else is running that organization to allow that guy to be coach, allow it to go as long as it did and not know it was going to be a total disaster as I think everyone else did. Um, so, you know, I think it's just one example. And then I'd say, ask any Fulham fan, the Premier League team that he owns, especially, <laughs> yeah. you know, our, our friend of the show, Stephanie Chase, will tell you, <laughs> I'll fly Zach. But uh, they're not huge fans of, of the direction of Khan and how he runs the, the runs the team either. So I think there's some leadership quality issues that are outside of wrestling that you can see there. And I've been on that a long time. And, uh, you know, if I don't get press credentials at, at AEW shows, there might be a reason for that, but that's fine. There's probably I'll a reason. Everyone, I'll tell everyone here my opinions on that, and I'll be happy to buy a ticket if I have to. But, you know, it is what it is. You put yourself in that position. Um, would I be dissimilar in that position if I were him? Probably not, but uh, I'm not running a company for that reason. So, Do Plus, you, I don't have a billion dollars. But how much, how much power should CM Punk have? You know, I mean, Collision is is his show, right? His territory or whatever. Um, it's the B show without question because mm -hmm. you know it does half the viewership, and it's on a different time and it's on Saturday. I get all that, and viewership's probably going to go down even more than yeah. it already has. So you know, I get that, and it, this is not an indictment on whether the show is. A smart idea or not a smart idea, but it's a B show. Like this, the second is the second tier show. Dynamite is still the flagship. Um, how much power should CM Punk have, and 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 should it even like fall in the bounds of kicking anybody out of any building at any time? Like, where do you draw that line if you're Tony Khan for him and the fact that Collision is his show yeah i mean i would say you know in a perfect world again never having run a wrestling company i would say not much more than your standard i mean you have tiers of like what you can get away with quote unquote but you know he's not the undertaker in the 90s who is running kangaroo court and giving people you know making people chug jack daniels or buy people stuff to to get rid of stuff and you know also people are not pooping in people's bags and right you know, stirring their drinks with body parts and things like that. I one would presume in AEW. Let's hope not. Let's but hope not. um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a different era. So what is that? Is it, yeah, you, can you have a team captain if we want to do the sports analogy? Sure. But like, if your team captain for, you know, let's say, I don't know, what are captains like in hockey? Right, captains are probably the most important in hockey. Um, you right. know, your team captain is is a guy that hey, there's a new rookie or there's a new guy in the team. And you go to that person to kind of get the feel of 
culture type things, right? Like, do we check hard on every play or do we check hard when, when, you know, do we listen to coach all the time or do you listen to me on the, I, whatever, right. There's all those things that like sure. good teams yeah. and bad teams have foundations for. So if you're Tony Khan, you want to give punk that leeway to do that. Sure. But unless it's a players only meeting, like the captain of the, uh, of the Chicago Blackhawks is not going to kick out Connor Bedard because he was five minutes late, right? That is the cat. That's the, the coach's job, right? And the coach, I guess, in this situation is an agent or it's Tony Khan, right? Um, yes. It's, it's, it's Sanjay. It's, it's uh QT Marshall. It's someone like that, right? It's Jerry Lynn, whoever you want to be, you know, what is the hierarchy? We don't know, but all that being said, the long winded analogy is like, no, I mean, he can like enforce culture of his locker room of like, Hey, you know, should he be able to talk to Jack Perry and say like, Hey, that glass spot I think is a bad idea, but go talk to Jerry and see what he thinks. That's probably what he should be doing. Right. But when you yes. step across the line and you come off as a total jerk and then you rile him, you know, Perry up, which, you know, I think he can come across on TV as being a little petulant, <laughs> you know, right now, but before that too. So it doesn't surprise me, but there's also been no other cases that I can remember of Perry being in that zone. He's also by himself. Now he doesn't have Christian, and Luchasaurus like working on his segments with him at all times, et cetera. So those are growing pains yep. there, but like him doing that and being respectful is that, but that's not, I wouldn't have much more input from him besides that. And, you know, I would certainly not be scared to pull his match. Like you said at all in because him and Samoa Joe um, already done on TV is not, is, is, you know, right now, I don't know how many matches we have, but it's the least anticipated match I have on the show from a work rate standpoint and a, I just don't want to see it and have to talk about him and his performance and what he's going to say after. Is he going to be at the press conference? All that sort of stuff. I really don't well, care to talk. Yeah, and, and 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 I mean the match doesn't make. I mean he already he already like conquered Joe. Like he just beat mm-hmm. him. Like so it's like that that twenty year story you already gobbled up. And like if if like if the plan was, I mean we're getting into all in booking here, which I do want to get into deeper in a minute. But it's like if the plan was to do that match at all in. You don't beat. Joe on TV like that. Like that's yeah. just that's silly. But but dude, I totally agree with you. Like I'm reading these stories and the reporting from Wade and from uh Sean Ross Sapp and and uh, all of us at at at, uh, at SC Scoops and I'm like why why is Punk even in a position to have any sort of say as to whether or not Christopher Daniels, who is by the way the te- the like the head of talent <laughs> relations in AEW whether where he can or cannot go like it's like what are we doing here folks like that is not like Steve Austin by all intents and purposes was a bear to deal with backstage Mm -hmm. but he's not telling Jim Ross hey you can't enter the building today like it's it's just it's it's insane that he would that anybody would even factor that in to, to 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 his to CM Punk's job description at, at this point in time, and then you double that down to Matt Hardy and uh, it's Ryan Nemeth, right? Nick yeah, Nemeth? So, yeah, Nick, Nick, Nick it, yeah, it's Ryan. Nick is uh, Dolph Ziggler's real name. So Dolph, I messed yeah. it up earlier. Yes, but and it's like it's like <laughs> wait a minute, like who? Why are you CM Punk, the seven figure guy? You shouldn't care if little Ryan Nemeth shows up at the building. Like, who cares? Like, it, it's not. It's completely. It, it's completely just. 
it's absolutely it's ridiculous. It's 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 tiring, you know. And and I'm I'm sitting there li- listening to this, and I'm like, what in what world would somebody like that, even the biggest star in the business like Austin in the late '90s, where you know he's running everything, he's on six segments a week, you know, everything stops for him. That guy is not controlling who and who doesn't enter the building at a, at a given time. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's just not happening. Like it's just it's just it's just not. So, you know, I, it's, it's, it's wild. Sean in our, uh, in our, our, our super chat. Uh, thank you, Sean, for the contribution. So what's up guys. Zach hope had a great vacation. You guys are awesome. Sorry. I am late. L O L Sean. Thank you, my friend. It's great to have you tuning in. Uh, glad you found us over here. And, uh, I, 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 we certainly appreciate the support of the show and, uh, and you, you tuning in listening and, and contributing. So, Thank you very, very much. The Super Chat is open, guys. It helps keep this show going on a weekly basis. Um, and uh, we'd appreciate all the support that you can give us, Sean. Thank you very much. And Punk's driving us crazy, too, my friend. Mm-hmm. All right. Last thing about CM Punk. And I got into this a little bit. How do you think, just aside from like all the drama nonsense of the last 48 hours, how do you grade the work that he's doing, you know, on Saturday nights on a week to week basis? It's a pretty good sample size now of some of the work that he's done. You know, there's, I think what, eight weeks, six, six, eight, six to eight weeks or something like that of, yeah, of probably collisions. Eight, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Eight. That sounds about right. Is he worth the trouble or is this, you know, you take, you know, punk out of this and put somebody else against Ricky Starks and you pretty much have the same thing. Where are you at on the viability of him owning a second show the way that he does? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, right? You can't go back and launch a show without him and see what the numbers are going to be and go from there. I tend to think the farther you go out from the premiere of the show, the less important he is because it feels that more like a staple in the week of the wrestling fan. I think as as we have seen with wrestling since you and I have been watching it, it's it's been a steep decline from a linear television viewership rating, right? So not very many people have pumped up the numbers. So there's a steep decline there anyway. And the show was, I think we always thought on non-college football Saturdays and non-maybe big sporting event, um, you know, playoff basketball, playoff hockey at the same time. Saturdays were going to be hard anyway. Maybe 400,000 was going to be a pretty middling ground for it. And I think if you took Punk off for two months, I think you could hit that number pretty easily. So all that being said, I don't think he's particularly worth it. Now, was he worth it for the studio to approve the show and pay Tony Khan more money? Maybe. We'll never know, or at least until someone writes a book about it. But so that's the only caveat I would say is like maybe that was the issue. But, you know, I think the company would have been fine without having the show anyway from a financial standpoint and from a quality standpoint. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's worth it at all. Um, and you know, even without the baggage, like the work rate's been totally fine. He's been half in singles matches, half in tag matches. I think he's been more effective in tag matches than, than, than the singles matches. They've been fine. You know, the him and Starks, I mean, I think they work the same style, which doesn't help that they both kind of work that safe WWE style that, you know, and, and also when you're the one thing that you have to think about when you're grading CM Punk is beside Chicago, he's getting at best a mixed uh, reaction and he's not playing Great into point. it very well, except for, except yeah. for talking about hangman page off the show. 
kind of being like the Kenny Omega critique that we've always had of cutting promos that were usually pretty good, just not on TV. And then, <laughs> um, you know, going from there. So, you know, the promos have not been great, but, you know, like him calling out Tony Khan for not booking all in until Punk said it like that. I have no problem with that's more in line with his character. But yeah, I mean, like he's getting booed against Ricky Starks, who's supposed to be a heel. So that's not helping Ricky to have a guy, you have a CM Punk, Ricky Starks. You want everyone booing Ricky and cheering for CM Punk or whoever Ricky's yes. going against. So honestly, probably better. And then for Ricky to lose a fake title, you know, I don't know. It's just all that. The, the the micro stuff, every interaction has not been super duper helpful because he's been winning in the ring and not elevating anyone he's working with. And also outside of the two hours on television, he's devaluing himself from his antics for people that are watching. And if you have 400,000 people watching your show, I can guarantee you a good three quarters of them know exactly what's going on with him behind the, behind the scenes. This is not 2.2 million people watching SmackDown that are there for the ride. Like this is... People who know what's up and know that this guy is uh, no good. So that would be my long answer to a short question. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm even, I think I'm higher on him than you seem to be. I mean, I think that he makes the show itself like worth watching for me. Like if I if I if it's like if it's like a Sunday morning because I'll rarely catch a, a collision live. But if it's Sunday morning and it's and and I didn't have you know. CM Punk to watch, you know, because of the star power that he, the star that he is, you know, mm-hmm. it almost gets discarded into like rampage territory for me. But mm-hmm. so I think he automatically is a draw from from that perspective, and I think his work's been good. Like I think his matches have been has been have been good. I think this leads into my broader my broader point here, but I think he he doesn't have enough star power to work with. Like that's my, that's kind of like my, 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 where I'm netted out at this point, like eight weeks in, it's like, we've done the Ricky Starks thing. You know, he's not going to feud with FTR. We're, you know, he's doing, you know, going against Samoa Joe right now, but Joe is a ROH guy at best. Like that's not, that's not going to draw numbers. Like the talent and the star power is on dynamite. And so it's like the, the fact that you have as an audience, the, you have to go into the back of your mind and go, well, all the guys that we want to see him go up against pre or post all out media press scrum thing, like, like take that out. If that never happened, you'd still want him. You'd still be looking to see punk versus Omega punk and the young bucks punk and page again, punk and MJF like, and and now the fact that that's completely off the table, it's like, okay, well, who's next? Like, who's next? Like, who's Punk going to work next on, on 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 Collision once the Joe thing's over? Like, okay, maybe he'll do some business with MJF, but he could do the beat doing the best work of his career. But if it's against guys like Buddy Matthews, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, that's that's not going to move the needle, you know at any point in time, but especially, you know, in a few weeks where you're going up against college football and then soon you'll be going up against college football, the MLB playoffs. And then soon after that, you'll be going up against college football, the MLB playoffs and the NBA starting up again and the NHL starting up again. Plus, you know, UFC and whatever else is going on 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 Saturday. So it's like, you know, I think it's, it's a really tough nut to crack for Tony Khan because you can't play 
all your cards. Like in the CM Punk business, like you can't squeeze every ounce of dollar out of that because there's just certain places you can't go. And so outside of the fact that he's just kind of carrying your brand of collision at the corporate level, I, you know, I don't, you know, he could do the best work of his career, as I said, and, and I don't think it moves the needle because he just ha- doesn't have the opponents to work with right now. Yeah. And you, you know, also you got to include Moxley, even though he worked with him at the end, but they're not working together. I think we know that. Moxley, then, yeah. Th- through that, he's probably not working Claudio and he's probably not working Danielson. I know we've seen that, but Danielson and Punk is still money uh, in 2023. So that's oh, yeah. probably off the table. Um, yeah, and and on the way it's set up is for him to come back as a as a baby face, which was, I think, a, a dumb idea. I'm trying to think of a nicer word, but it was a dumb idea. You knew <laughs> what your action was going to be in Chicago, and then you knew it was going to be afterwards. Your fans are locked in more so than your competition. And it's set up for him to go against Starks, who had to turn to face him. It's, it's set up for him to go against... Miro, Andrade, Jay White, all these guys who are pretty good stepping stone heels for him to take on. You know, Jay White, probably more of a summit to climb. But when he's getting a mixed at best reaction, there's there's no face material on that show for him to go against or really in the company. Especially, you know, the only one I can think of that he's not burned the bridge with, as far as I can tell, is, is Adam Cole. He was very glowing in his comments about him, even at that press conference. But to me, it seems like Cole's about to go heel. So that would also get rid of the issue if you want to keep CM Punk babyface. Is that that's the case? So it just, yeah. uh, man, it's 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 tough, but, and it is just a bad misguidance of like, oh yeah, well people will cheer for Punk because he's Punk, and that was the way this all these shows were set up, and you know we call it the Island of Misfit Toys uh, on Collision, and that's kind of what you get when you have stars that are not featured and you haven't pushed them and you got to kind of start them all off from scratch like it's going to feel that way if you one guy anchoring it and it's not going perfect then you know are you gonna blame him it's like putting you know a i don't know let's talk your your bears from like two years ago right if they put matt ryan on that team who's like an aging guy who almost won a super bowl i think punk is kind of in that zone maybe a matt stafford zone yeah Um, there's still a five win team yeah they're there and it's his fault, right? Because he's the star quarterback. So, yeah. Well, so the, 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 I mean, yeah, you brought up Jay White, and that just has me thinking like that, that could be, that should be like one of the bigger matches that you're building towards on collision. But Jay White, you stepped on him. All the way since, you know, since the spring, since he's debuted. And so that that match doesn't mean nearly as much as it did, you know, 12 months ago. Like, you know, you're talking with Jay White in, in New Japan. Um, you're talking that guy and you're thinking like, oh, man, it'd be cool to see CM Punk against that guy. He's not that guy anymore. You know, um, and so like even fuse that like are good on paper like that. Adam Cole, I want to talk about him more in a minute here. But even, you know, I'd argue that that feud is weakened based on what we've seen here in the last in the last three weeks, the last four weeks. So, you know, there's they've got issues. They've got issues. And, I, and um, you know, again, I think the show has been good, you know, from a just, a, OK, we're going to sit down and watch wrestling for two hours. Like it's not a bad watch. Mm-hmm. Um where they go though, that's that's a that's a that's a whole other question. Do you, anything yeah. else on CM Punk? No, I think we I think we covered it, and I'm sure there'll be more stories to break 
to me, just one thing to look at is like which angle is is releasing these stories. I think is very interesting. Just like a lot of news stories outside of wrestling, is who who wants you to know this information, right? Right. Uh, especially the Jack Perry one. It seemed like that was a punk sided release. As the way, if you read some of those stories, the way it's laid out, that everyone disagreed with Jack Perry and he threw a tantrum. So he's not that bad versus like the Ryan Nemeth one feels like that's from the other side. So just like, yeah, you don't have to keep a mental track of it, but just think of like where you're getting, where that person's getting the source. And and there's obviously camps in AW and, and where you think that's coming from and, and uh, digest it that way. If you can. That's super important. And, I, and I'd say too, that like the, you know, even the reporting on, on the Jack Perry, like it, it's, it was more it, like CM Punk came in at the last hour, like to, to, to kind of, I think he was a player in that, but he wasn't like the driving player in that, in that story with Perry and the glass, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to read between the lines, you know, in this, mm-hmm. in this stuff too. Um, all right. We are going to talk a little G1 in a minute and we're going to talk a little WWE uh, in a minute as well, but I want to talk build it all in um, here mm-hmm. briefly. Um, Tyler, we're, it's August 15th, you know, so we're a little over 10 days out from the biggest show that AEW will probably ever, maybe ever put on. Um, and one of the bigger wrestling shows in the history of the business, you know, that's all just spitting facts on that, 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 that there's no, there's no tribes, you know, in terms of, you know, delivering that information. Um, but man, I'm not going to load up a question, so I'm just going to just, just, just jump right in here. I don't, I don't feel like this card is in a good enough position to be the card for the biggest show that, that, that you have. Like this to me right now is, you know, like a full gear level pay-per-view, you know, or Mm -hmm. like a really, really great, TV episode of AW Dynamite. Like, and it starts at the top for me. It starts with the main event. It starts with the AW world title match. The I can't, I'm having a really hard time getting past the fact that this angle of MJF and Adam Cole is over from, oh, this is fun to watch type perspective. And oh, it's funny. And they're jumping on trampolines and you know, they're friends and they're like ripping on Hulk Hogan doing cocaine and like, like, okay. Like that's all entertaining, like without question, you know, and I certainly wouldn't sit here and try to argue that point, but when's the last time Adam Cole has mentioned wanting the AEW world championship? When's the last time that you've seen alpha MJF puff his chest about being the AEW world champion? Like, you're not going to have a building of 80,000 people, at least right now, invested in the outcome of that match. And to me, that's just – that's a big mistake. Like, I think if you have the biggest show of the year ever – or not the year, biggest show in your company's history, you need to be serious about your world title. You need to be serious about your, your, your challengers here. And instead, you have this, like, you know, rock – uh, Kevin Hart kind of comedy duo movie playing out in, you know, on, on TV on a regular basis. And I, I think it just waters down the importance and gravity that, that the show has. And I think the rest of the show, the tone around it 
falls into place, like kind of as that, as that goes, there's some good matches on this show, you know, and if you're going to watch the show and you're going to buy it on pay-per-view, I think you're going to enjoy it. It's just, I don't think it has the tone yet and tenor of what AW is presenting it as, which is the biggest show that the company's ever had and the biggest wrestling show ever. And a lot of that I blame on the build to the main event. Go ahead. So a couple things on that. I would say my expectation for AW pay-per-view builds has dampened over the history of the company because I don't think there's been a particularly good amount of world title matches that like the story has been great going into it. Um, you know, maybe 50% have been, have been good. The MJF ones have been good. Him and Mox. Okay. Him and Danielson was good. The pillar stuff was as good as you could have gotten out of that. And, um, you know, there's, you know, we would go through each of them, but most of the hangman, most of the Kenny ones were not really built successfully, I would say. And some of the Moxley ones, and then a couple of the Jericho ones were pretty good too. So, but, um, I would say my take on this is like, I've flipped, because I was probably more where you're sitting in the beginning of thinking this is like unserious and it is and was, but I guess for me as a fan who knows kind of, this is kind of, you know, I don't know if, if Max and Adam Cole are watching, you know, I'm sure they're watching WWE and seeing the bloodline stuff and those matches, like the main event of SummerSlam, not a good match. Right. I mean, I don't think anyone mm-hmm. would argue that it was a great entrance for, for Jay. And then the rest of the match you're seeing, you know, how is Roman and the bloodline going to screw over Jay in this situation, right? How's this story going to continue? The match is secondary, right? It is that the best way to present a world title, you know, sometimes, sometimes not, right? I, I would think from a business standpoint, you could argue that it's important for WWE at this moment to present it the way it is. Is there, are there people who are tired of the formula at this point? I think so. I think it's finally starting to kind of creep in, especially with the reviews of that match at SummerSlam. But I say all of that to say, like, when I'm watching this match, I know I'm going to get a good worked match. And it's really all about who screws who and how that goes about and how that story continues. And I think the people in the audience will realize, like, this is going to be a big moment of probably Cole turning on MJF. And that's, like, monumental for them. But, yeah, I mean, if you argue start to finish this build, is it good? No, I mean, there's no way I'm going to jump and say, yes, it's been great. I love MJF you know, having sex with three women in a bathroom and bragging about it. And then him and Cole, all that stuff. Right. So none of that has been super successful, but if your goal, which I don't think it was, I think they kind of lucked into it was to to do the double turn of MJF and Cole and have an awesome heel turn of Cole and have it be a monumental moment and the main event of a show. I think you could look a year two years from what it happening and be like, that was really successful. And it could be a little bit of that sort of, rose tinted view that we have of the attitude era of like, Oh, remember the beer truck. That was awesome. But you know, if you look at the whole story, like there's, there's definitely some misses in there. There's some Katie Vick stuff going on in that era and all that sort of stuff. Not to say it's like a whole thing, but I think that that's what that fan, the fan, the fans at the show are kind of expecting because they're plugged in more so the WWE show, but I would prefer what you're saying and have more defined characters throughout the show. And if you have maybe not defined characters in the main event, that's okay. But having more defined characters throughout the show of like good, bad, you know, if we're not talking about CM Punk, he's a baby face, but he's getting heel reaction. You know, we're kind of, that is permeating throughout the whole show, which I, I think has not been helpful, but you know, so that's what I would say is like, I'm kind of anticipating, I'm forecasting a big turn and it's going to be a big moment for that live crowd. It's going to be one of the most monumental moments in, 
AEW history, I would say, especially if MJF goes babyface for a long time after that. And that's like his moment when you do the um, AEW DVD of, or the DVD, the documentary on, on MJF that you can watch on, on Max. Yeah, I know. It shows my age there. Um, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. But I cannot argue that I haven't, I have not liked this build. It was an unserious take. It felt like, for the majority of it, felt, has felt like MJF's post world title run. And it felt like him butting up with like the random tag team partner and almost going the distance like WWE style. It feels like Drew McIntyre in Riddle, right? It feels like that sort right. of story, which is not right. the main event story. That's not the bloodline. That's closer to Seth and, and Shinsuke, but that's like a, you know, secondary title, right? So all that, I, I can't really argue any of your points, but I think that's what, if I'm a fan that's going to be in, at Wembley, I'm expecting the show to open and close with that story. You're going to see some sort of issue between them when they win or don't win the ROH titles. And that's going to manifest probably in some vignettes throughout the show and then manifest in the main event where we probably have a big thing where I think Cole's going to screw MJF, but MJF in the end screws Cole, whatever, right? Like if it works or doesn't work, I think it's more that we'll, we'll debate that here. But if I'm a fan there, I know I'm going to see something monumental at that show in that regard. So, yeah, that's, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, yeah. I mean, the bloodline, I think you're right. And we'll talk more about this in a second, but you know, the, the difference between the two to me is that the title still is in focus with, with the bloodline drama. Like it's, and it's not, it's not, it's not because, um, it's 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 kind of not fair to compare because mm-hmm. it, it's not like Jey Uso's out there talking about his mission to like win the world title at every turn and that that's front and center like because it but it's inherent because of Roman Reigns and because of the, the 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 title that the run that Reigns is on and so you know you I'm kind of talking myself out of this argument as I as I make it because it's hard you can't put you can't. MJF has not had the same kind of run that Roman Reigns has where that championship and that win is, you know, an inherent big deal that just Mm -hmm. by wrestling Roman Reigns, like that's going to be in the conversation, like no matter what. So, okay. I I just argued my, I argued against myself there. That was pretty impressive. I must say, (laughs) Uh, but but what I will rant about again is I, I, I don't know, man putting them on the zero hour show for the ROH titles. Like, I don't want to like, I'm not like an Eric Bischoff guy, but I pretty much liked his comments on that of being like, that's crazy. Like why I don't get, talk me off the ledge here. Why on earth would you put them on the zero hour show wrestling Aussie open for the ROH tag team titles? Help me because it makes no sense to me. build them, build your know. match better, build your match better than that. Like that shouldn't yeah. be a thing that you need to do. Pres- presumably. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the logistics in front of me. Is collision at like the O2 in London the night before? Uh, I I don't know. Or is it? Or I is don't it pre-taped? think so. I think they're pre-taping. I think they're pre-taping. Okay. Well, that's 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 an issue. You probably should have gotten a, a venue. I mean, I know you don't want to eat into sales the next day, but if we know anything about like WrestleManias, I think they're gonna you're gonna find you're, you're definitely gonna, gonna find ten thousand people that that are of the eighty thousand, ten thousand are gonna buy tickets for the night before. So that's what I would have done if you want to do the story and like have it lead into the pay-per-view and have it on TV, you know, as opposed to getting a, a buy-in thing that I just don't understand that period. 
Um, I think WWE's going to job of um, doing that. So oh, of dropping that because it's just like a worthless endeavor, in my opinion, to just do to <laughs> do really our to hey, here's some free matches, but they kind of suck. Definitely, you want to watch the show now, right? You know, that's just like not suck, but you know, they're just lower level. It's like heat, like Sunday night heat. Like I don't know if that yeah. ever sold any pay-per-views. Maybe I'm wrong. So, but yeah, I, I I would do it on a collision. I would have also made it live, but if you're taping it, you can't do it. So I understand that because um, it would get out and then your story's leaked and then people aren't gonna eh, maybe they'll watch it anyway. But anyway, no, I mean I can't. You know, on on the free well, show, maybe you open. Yeah, I I don't know. So Just- there's the. I don't know what the logistics are of it, but it's hard to, I can't find a good defense for it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, yeah. That the only, the only thing you could argue is like, Hey, open the pay-per-view with it. Not the thing. Cause like, Hey, make it so, like, you know, if they lose and Adam Cole's always wanted this, that's the one prize that's eluded him. If, if I'm going to fantasy book this for you, I will lay it out here, I guess. But then MJF is the reason they lose. So Cole's pissed at him and because he cost him the one thing he always wanted and that can lead to the other thing. But that doesn't really work either because you want Cole to be the bastard who stabs him in the back. And well, and also um, like Cole's wrestling for the world championship on the same show. Like that needs to be more than like your ROH world title, like tag title. Well, yeah. Like whether you've won that's it like, or not. Yeah, that's like the AEW effect of uh there's just too many belts and really do any of them matter i mean you know i guess the aw world title but even that is like you know i i can so chronologically give you the aw world champions but we are like a couple quick runs away from missing a couple <laughs> in my chronological order and i'm pretty good at stuff like that so uh you know I, I at least i'll have seth rollins title i know that that lineage start to finish right now so you are so impressive you're so impressive. No one, no one that Seth Rain. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, well uh, yeah. Well, more to come, folks. You know, we'll, we will mm-hmm. be discussing this week to week as we get into uh, the home stretch here to uh, to all in. She's coming up, like I said, you know, about twelve days away. Um, and we will be, we will be, we'll be there. We'll have you covered at scscoops.com all along the way. Um, Thank you for everybody who's joining us live here. We appreciate it. The super chats are open. We will read your uh, comments live here on the air and take your question live here on the air. If you uh, make a make a super chat for us, help out the show. Um, it uh, it really helps keeps things moving and keep things going. And we certainly uh, appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who's contributed thus far already. Um, Tyler, let's um let's 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 quickly talk WWE and some of the SummerSlam fallout I missed last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, 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 I was higher on the SummerSlam match than pretty much everybody. And not, and I think it's for the wrong reasons, you know, not, now that I'm sitting here like two weeks out, two weeks out from it and you're, having, you're talking about, and not having to react. Yeah. You're talking about the yeah, Roman match. Yeah. Just okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, not having to comment on it, like, you know, 20 minutes after, like, mm-hmm. It, it, it sits differently now than it did then. But I guess I went into that match thinking to myself, like, okay, how are they going to keep the bloodline story going? Like that was part of the puzzle for me watching it. And I think that was the same way for everybody else. And I think you, you net it out like at, okay, what, how, how's Jay going to get screwed over? 
And I, and to me that, that equation kind of balanced itself. And so I was looking to see how that was going to play out. And I just assumed that they would do something that, that kicked the can down the road, you know, with the bloodline and Jay, because Jay's not going to be the one to dethrone Roman for the world title. Like I just, I never, I never bought into that. And I think that was, you know, I think the build was dramatic. I think, and we talked about this in our go home show here on the podcast that the, the build was dramatic and the build was fun to watch and entertaining, but I don't think anybody really thought Jay was going to win. Like I thought people had more of an inkling that Sami Zayn might get it at elimination chamber than Jay this, this go around. So you're kind of waiting for that moment to happen where Jay gets screwed over. Um, The fact that it was Jimmy, you know, I, I guess, I guess like I felt okay with that because it, 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 of all the options like that I could think of in my head as to different directions you can take the bloodline from here. Like that was the most, that, that's like the most intriguing one to me. Like you like solo getting involved again. Like, it's like, okay, we've been there. We've done that. You know, like Roman just beating Jay clean that ends everything. Like it's over at that point. So you can't really, you know, you can't really do that. Jay beating Roman, that kind of ends things too. Um, so for better or worse, like this is the way to keep that to keep that storyline going. Um, I didn't love the explanation on SmackDown though. I, I I I think that for this to work, for this to have really hit, you needed Jimmy to come out there and and be more believable in his promo and be more like uh, emotional about turning on his brother for whatever reason it was that they wrote. Mm-hmm. I, I really think it had to have more depth and more of an impact. And I thought that it felt, it fell really flat to me. And yeah, you get the little intrigue about Jay leaving them, leaving the bloodline and leaving WWE. Everybody knows that that's, that's he'll, he'll be, he'll be back. And so I felt like the follow-up man was not where it needed to be. If you're going to play that card that you did, at SummerSlam, like you needed to hit a home run on the following SmackDown. And I think they got like, you know, a single at best. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do with it and that's why it might work in the end, but not definitely not the promo afterwards, but you know, you can tell the story of the tribal combat was not followed. Right. And you can have, you know, where I think me and you both think this is going to go where after Roman loses, Jay beats him and maybe some real form of tribal combat where maybe the elders are at ringside and they stop any interference. That sort of story I think would be super interesting where Jay can yes. then beat him clean. And in this scenario, you know, I, I think you're right. I think it'd be, honestly it'd be better just for Jay not to say anything at, at, like on, on the following SmackDown and just like have, have, or sorry, have Jimmy not say anything and have Jay be like, all right, do the same thing. Like I'm out of here. You won't even talk to me. And then you have that little seed of doubt of like, you know, hey, we don't know what's going on. So it's like a, a horror movie, right? Where if you don't see the monster, you kind of envision right. the worst possible scenario. So if you don't know why Jimmy did it, maybe you're thinking, hey, maybe they are doing the triple double secret double probation con on Roman. <laughs> and this is a long, you know, Jimmy did this, but him and Jay, you know, whatever. You can fill in any sort of gap that you want in your mind. And, and you know, that's better than what we saw. Um, so I think in the end, it'll pay off where, you know, Roman and Jimmy and Solo have, you know, violated rules 
of the ancestors, etc., which I think is a compelling storyline post title run. And they can come back to that. But uh, yeah, the, the follow up afterwards was uh, not ideal. And I think they knew that because you kind of need Jimmy to, to storm off and quit WWE. And that's the story as opposed to the explanation, which is not very good. Exactly. And I think they, yes. They were just like, hey, I don't know. You want a couple weeks off <laughs> um, and, and go from there. So and then he pops back and then that's more important. So, yeah, I, I would in line agree with you. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, and, and like, and you of course have to see where things go. Like I, you know, I get that, especially with the bloodline, and they're not not every segment's going to be a home run. But I mean, to me, you know, I'm watching on I'm watching SmackDown, going like, date, like there's some promos that just have to deliver more than others, you know. And when you have like the twin brother turn on the on on the other brother after kind of forcing him to like leave the bloodline to begin yeah. with. And like yeah. you need to come out firing with something very strong from a content perspective and from a delivery perspective. And I, I, I just don't for as okay with the finish that I was at SummerSlam, you know, it was with the caveat of this, they have, they have to come out with like, you know, something great on, on Friday mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I I think they they just missed, you know, they they just they they missed on it, and so we'll we'll see what happens from here. Um, so now it's you no know, Roman is 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 kind of past the bloodline here, man. Like not fully, but you know he's you know away from Jay Jimmy. You know I don't know that it makes sense to go down that route. Um, Cody is going to be the guy that people talk about a lot for you know, another major Roman Reigns match. And that's not to say they can't heat up other people and they will probably along the way. But I think the guy that everybody's kind of thinking about now is Cody. He got the big win over Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, which I thought I thought was the match of the night. Um, just from a dramatic perspective, I thought it felt like a fight. I thought Cody was fantastic. I thought Brock was – that was one of the best Brock performances that we've seen in, like, three, four, five years. Like I thought Brock was fantastic in that match. Just playing the part of like the monster. Well, he sold his ass off for Cody. Um, mm-hmm. And then put him over in the end with the, with the raise of the arm. I, I thought Brock was just fantastic in that match, but Cody gets the win. Um, and he's on a trajectory to face Roman Reigns. Now, like how soon are you pulling the trigger on that? Can they, can they wait to WrestleMania 40 or do they, you know, do you want to go sooner than that? If you're, if you're, if you're Hunter. Oh, I certainly think they can wait. Um, you know, he probably not, you know, defend that belt until, I mean, you could probably go to the Rumble if you really wanted to. You could have some maybe one or two off main events of, of summer, of, summer, of SmackDown. And, uh, you know, who who hasn't he gone against that's up there? You know, could you get an LA Knight match against Roman? You know, I think you could. You could. If you I really think, wanted yeah. to as like a SmackDown main event, right? Like a Matt Riddle yes. type booking. Um, who else is on SmackDown that I'm forgetting that isn't worked with? Oh. Um, you know, could you get an AJ Styles match? Have they worked yes. on this run? Yes. Yeah, earlier on. No, they haven't worked on this um, run, but you could get that match for sure. Yeah, yeah. So there's like things like that you could, if you're going to have Roman work, you know, I don't think either of those are even like a Royal Rumble sort of situation, but you know, probably some sort of Bloodline-esque storyline for that. And then you can get to Cody at that point. I think it's easier to book Roman 
you know, infrequently than it is to get book Cody in, in this time frame. Um, you know, I think you got Logan Paul for Cody. You can still pull, and then you got the Judgment Day. Currently, you know, Cody um, can team up with you know some people. He can deal with the baby faces on the on the roster and have some something going on at, at Survivor Series, whatever. So you can build into that. But yeah, I think certainly, I I think it would be at this point, just just go the distance and do it at, at WrestleMania. Yeah, and then and then go go super, you know, uh, contrarian if I'm booking and have Roman beat him again at WrestleMania. <laughs> I think that'd be, you know, can I justify it? The day after, probably not, but man, that would be insane. Oh man, so. that is Philly too. Like they're liable to burn down the city after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, you know, I think at this point, like that's your main event of WrestleMania. You build to that, mm-hmm. and 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 I think Cody's been awesome. I think, you know, he like I loved his promo on on Raw this week. I commented on it. I wrote about it on on Twitter and in my you know, weekly column uh, for scscoops.com on, on, on Monday Night Raw, that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's simple. Like it's simple stuff. Like he's, he talks high about the judgment day, but then talks about how he's going to beat them and talks about their heel qualities and gets himself on a mission and, and boom, then you're, there you go. You're out. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, you know, I, I still like find myself waiting for like the wheels to fall off this thing and just be like, Oh, Cody just, he took the wrong turn there. It was, it's been 18 months and he took the wrong turn, but so Mm -hmm. far, I mean, it's, it's pretty much a to B stuff. And I think he's, you know, he's not on a worse position than he was, than he was going into the last WrestleMania. And he's clearly the biggest star on raw. And so, you know, to me, yeah, don't pull the trigger before you have to. And, and you need a main event for WrestleMania 40, so there you, you, you you've got one. Yeah, I, I even think like you know the story, just the, the the next three months. Like I think he's a if you want to get Damian Priest over as a babyface, I think Cody can really help in that endeavor. And is that you know Finn Balor being the heel champion, and then like Cody convincing Damian to cash in yep. at a show like a, like a real hero, and then Damian beats him after the guidance from Cody, and he like holds his hand up and whatever like. I think you could totally like Cody can be making people baby faces right now that once Cody is the champion offside Roman, like him and priest could then do some business down the road because he's like a former mentor when priest goes heel again, you know, do I think priest can be a dominant champion? Probably not. But if you want to do that, I think that's all there. And I think that's like a good way to use Cody and not just in matches is to make him feel like the guy knighting people essentially on the good guy bandwagon. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah, Which is so crazy to say, man. Like, I still have these moments yeah. of Cody, and I'm like, it's Cody Rhodes, who's the top star <laughs> on Monday Night Raw. It's like, you know, I haven't, I, I still haven't seen the documentary yet, and I have to watch it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's still sometimes amazing me. It's like, no, you, your fortunes can change in this business. You know, yeah. they, they can. Uh, and so it was, uh, it, it's, it's so funny to analyze him that way, you know, at this yeah. point. Do you know what show could use Cody Rhodes right now? <laughs> Go ahead. AEW Collision could totally use a Cody <laughs> Rhodes right now. So. Well, the, it could. It could. Punk and, Punk and Rhodes. There you go. There's your – There's a. there is a major match I'd, for all in. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch that for sure. But here we yes, go. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right. Let's wrap up with a little G1 talk. Uh, the New mm-hmm. Japan uh, Pro Wrestling, you know, tournament of the year. Uh, the G1 Climax 33. 
uh, I think we're plenty of days out here so we can spoil the finish. Naito is your G1 Climax 33 champion. He will go on for the third time. He will go on to wrestle in the main events or well for the championship for the IWGP world heavyweight championship at wrestle kingdom. If all things stay the same, um, man, you know, the tournament, I thought this is, this is the weirdest G G one tournament that I've watched by far, like in terms of the booking and in terms of, um, just, just the staleness, I think of it is, is something that I felt like as, as things, as the, as the tournament went on, you know, you're seeing the same guys in the same spots yeah, for a long, long time now. And, and I, and I think you had some younger guys that, you know, you could have taken the time to, 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 to elevate. Um, mm-hmm. But more so than that, like the, the, the number of combatants like really watered down the overall field. And so I don't think you got those like memorable, you know, those memorable like four and a half, four and three quarter matches night in, night out, because you just didn't have top talent pouring out of every single card, every, every single night. And so there was some good stuff there. I especially liked the quarterfinals and the semis and the main of, uh, you know, the final match was, was excellent. Um, mm-hmm. But the tournament as a whole, though, I, I just found myself kind of going, man, this is just a little disappointing. It's a little it's a little flat. And then when you get to a final like Okada and Naito, it's like, well, I mean, we've been here so many times and mm-hmm. it's like, yes, it's Naito and Okada and they're going to have a good match. But um, I don't think it injected any interest or intrigue into the new Japan product like it has in previous years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree completely. First and foremost, could not agree more on the format. Um the A and B block, just do it that way. Don't have the A, B, C, D block. Yeah. And you have semifinals. Yeah. Like you could have had that Naito Osprey match on the last night of B block. And like whoever won that match would have gone to the final and done the same sort of setup. And exactly. this is yes. Definitely, yes. definitely been a trend for New Japan, uh, you know, since uh, I watched regularly since the first Okada Omega match. Kind of opened my eyes to it. So that's 2016. January or yep. maybe 2017, 2016. So the one thing, you know, you hit on one of those points is that besides losing people, mainly Kenny Omega and Jay White, the top tier of that division has not expanded besides Shingo was champion who kind of came out of nowhere from another company. Abushi was in and out and then Sonata and evil um, who have had, they were, you know, tag team champions at that time. Evil, I think his run is one of the worst runs at the top in the company history. Yes. And then Sonata. So basically you have no, it's been almost a decade and you have no new stars. Like, you don't look at WWE as an example because AEW wasn't around. So that's a hard example. But, you know, who from 2016 is even, you know, on the card for, um, you know, at SummerSlam that was working in 2016. Like there's a lot of turnover and I think that can be helpful to keep things fresh. Now they have to turn over Naito, Okada, Tanahashi, stuff like that. But yeah, you need to build more talent. And I mean, they've been able to build Gaijins up, but not like homegrown Japanese guys. You know, like why is, if I'm a New Japan main fan, like why is Takeshita not in New Japan? Why did AEW get him? You know, why could we not hold Ibushi? Things like that. So that's been a big issue. And then also the bloat of like everything has been longer, more nights of, of, uh, 
oh my gosh, of uh, Wrestle Kingdom, Kingdom. having three nights two years ago. Uh, Just every event feeling longer and longer, you know, instead of having the sort of classic NXT style where you're, you know, you have a a four hour show. It's now a seven hour show for all the big shows. There's just a glut of things all the time and everything feels less important. So I think that's been two issues with New Japan. But the tournament itself, I think, you know, you'll remember the semifinals and the finals as being awesome matches. And that's from like the course of history, that's going to be positive. But yeah, it just hasn't felt like it is as important. Even just to be in the G1 has felt so like prestigious. And now when there's what, 32 people in it now or exactly 24th, 20, I don't even know, but there used to be 20. And like, if you got in and your stats, they, you know, it all tracks that you have two basically bums in each group for lack of a better term. And everyone else is like fighting for that top spot. Those so, huge roll matches, yeah. man, were a tough slot. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have them. Um, but yeah, so it's just that sort of staleness. I think the new Japan has been suffering for a long time from the booking, from who's at top, who's on the top and just the, gl- the glut of content that has not helped increase anything. Um, from a positive standpoint, you know, I still like New Japan. I still like Wrestle Kingdom. I like the big shows. I like the G1 finals. They're great matches. But um, you can watch really good wrestling in lots of different companies now. And it's not 2015 where if you want to see like five star yeah. internet fan wrestling, you go to New Japan. Now there's other places you can get that. So I think that's hurt as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, so, and I'm thinking like, I'm watching this and I'm going, look, like, I, I, I'm not saying necessarily that this was the year that you're gonna um pull the trigger on Shota Umino and go all right he's gonna win the G1 and 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 but I'm not saying that that's not a good idea like that I mean Okada like correct me if I'm wrong but he like when he became a top guy he just was one Jay White was the same way like after excursion he comes back and he just is a top guy and like I think Again, I don't know that you pull the trigger on that right now, but you certainly could have done more with some of those young guys because I think they were the mo- some of the most exciting block matches featured those guys. Like I thought Shota Umino had a really great tournament um, and he had the audience on his side and then, you know, Hikaleo beat him to, to eliminate him on the last night. It's like, wait, really? <laughs> Why? Um, so, so, yeah, and, 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 and the other thing I think that that suffered, why this suffered, was you kind of if you're a fan of New Japan, and you're and you follow kind of the New Japan product, and you're and especially if you're an AEW fan as well, like mm-hmm. you know that you know you're looking probably at Osprey and Omega three for Wrestle Kingdom, and Okada and Danielson again at Wrestle Kingdom potentially, and so like you take those two guys out, and it's like. Okay, well, it's you know it's got to be somebody like Naito, you know, or maybe it is a young guy. But like, you 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 book your these these guys so strongly throughout the blocks, even though they really, I I, I didn't think Okada was going to win this because I just am assuming they're going to do the Danielson match again in the dome, you know, in, mm-hmm. in January, run that back, and so it's like he's running through these guys, but. You know he's not really going to win this thing. So like, like to what end is this is this for? And that that kind of I think hurts some of the intrigue for me, uh, also. Mm-hmm. I did some fact checking while you're talking. I was still listening to you, but on the Okada stuff, 
So 2012, he won that G1 and beat Carl Anderson in the final. He was not in the previous two G1s, at least when I went back and looked. So, yeah, he came back from excursion, pop, won a G1, and has been a, a top guy for a decade. A de- right. Yeah. And, and, it, and, it wasn't, and it was just because they decided, like, all right, he's going to be a top mm-hmm. guy. And Jay White didn't win his first G1, but he – I think he wrestled like Tanahashi or something like that in his first dome mm-hmm. match. Like that's a, you know, if you're not wrestling for the title, you want that one. And so it's like, yeah. sometimes you've got to just decide that someone's going to be a top star and make him one. Um, and, you know, again, I, I, I'm not saying that Shota is the guy, but he's an option and he's clearly somebody that new Japan is investing in. So um, yeah. you, know, you got to pull the trigger at some point. Yep. Uh, any other G1 thoughts? Dude, before we ride out into the um, sunset here. I don't think so. And I think you booked um, Russell Kingdom <laughs> as well pretty effectively. Yes. No, so, you know, I mean, Sonata winning in April, winning the title was a shock. But everything else, that's the one bad thing about the G1 that I think, you know, if 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 AEW or WWE had a G1 type event and then that person was going to be in the main event six months later for the biggest show, I think it would be criticized a lot more than it is because it essentially, like Naito won, He's for sure going to be taking on Sonata, who's his former pupil, um, who's now the champion. And you have like, you know, the old, the the master and the student and who can the Mm -hmm. student surpass the master. So like, I know we have that with Cody and Roman probably, but it's not like winning the rumble in August and then waiting till April for the, you know, it just is a little different. And the the time basically makes this whole period of new Japan pretty not important because you know, that world title is not going to change hands. So I think that's a critique right. I would have if, if you watch that. But, yeah, so that's it on the G1. Well said. All right, man. Well, we'll wrap up there. Thank you to everybody who who tuned in live. Thank you to Sean for our, uh, our Super Chat contribution. Thank you to everybody who's in the chat. Hopefully you guys had a fun time um, there hashing things out. Uh, we'll be back next week, Tuesday, live here, 9 Eastern, uh, with the SC Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast on the SC Scoops YouTube channel. Um, to all of our podcast listeners who listen to us after the fact, thank you for downloading the show. Um, it'd be a big help if you subscribe. Give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast from. Um, it helps the show immensely, and uh, we certainly would uh, would appreciate uh, your support. Uh, we'll have coverage all week long of all the happenings of wrestling. Any other punk drama that drops, we got you covered. Tomorrow night's AEW Dynamite, we'll have that covered as well as uh, Friday's SmackDown and Beyond at SCScoops.com. So keep it locked there for all your news, all your updates, all your show reports, and some really fun editorials that are on the horizon um, also concerning um, All In and uh, and other other uh, key topics. So uh, SCScoops.com, make it, part of your, uh, make it part of your day. Tyler, always a pleasure, man. Thank you. Thank you. Until next week. We'll see you guys later. Bye.